Everyone has an opinion when it comes to having a baby and raising kids. Just get the epidural. There's no prize for doing it natural. In my day, we just let the baby cry until they settle themselves down. Have you tried sage oil? And so many more comments, most of them unsolicited. Welcome to the Birth and Parenting Things podcast. My name is Kim, and I've got opinions too. I'm kind of an expert on birth. I've also managed to raise three babies into young adults. I'm here to offer evidence-based information, stories, personal experiences on birth, parenting, and everything in between. So let's do this. Okay, so here we are late again with my podcast because I can't seem to get my collective brain together to actually think out, sort out, plan out, and write a script for a podcast. So I don't know. This may be my last episode. I don't know. Um, It's not going to be the way it was in the past because I don't really have a topic today, but I do have a lot to complain about. And again, that's not really the whole purpose of this particular idea of a podcast. But anyways, uh, Weight Watchers not really on it this week. I did have my success in hitting my goal weight, which was great. But this week is not going well for me, um, particularly in the mental health sort of aspect of things. So... So I figure I have to control something and food is not it this week. Got a lot on my plate this week. Um, Let me see, I have a list here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was supposed to get my COVID shot tomorrow, the first of my COVID shots. And the reason why I am able to get it is because I live in a hotspot. What that means is, for those that don't know, they keep talking about hotspots and whatnot on the news, but what that means is in my postal code area, I have a, there's a larger percentage of infections and a larger percentages of death. So yay, hotspots. However, I cannot get my shot tomorrow because there's no vaccines available. And the clinic I was supposed to go to today is being canceled. I haven't actually got um, I haven't actually got the email or text yet that my appointment is canceled. Um, so I'm hoping I don't get it. I'm gonna go and see tomorrow if it's still open um, if I don't hear anything, but I don't have all the faith that it's actually going to be open because apparently there is no stock. There are no vaccines to actually put into my arm. And that, it really kind of pisses me off because I, I said earlier this week in a, in a post on Facebook, maybe Facebook and maybe Instagram, that, you know, it was really, I keep having, I kept having this recurring dream that I would get there to get my vaccine and they would tell me that I wasn't supposed to get it, that um, I wasn't, you know, in the category that I, I, I'm not in this phase or that I wasn't supposed to get it. And I thought, no, you know what, that's, that's how mental health works. That's how, that's how the brain of somebody who suffers from depression works is even when you have good, you know, things that are coming to you, 
you still get you still can't appreciate it because your brain is constantly going to the negative. Your brain is constantly going to the, the place where, you know, you don't deserve something or, or you shouldn't have anything good or anything nice. And well, sure enough, here we go. (laughs) It actually happened. I am not getting my COVID shot. And that, as I say, really kind of pisses me off. So I don't know. We'll see what happens tomorrow. And maybe have an update next week if I actually continue to do this podcast. (laughs) I've got 10 listeners. Tell me 10 listeners. And even though I'm pretty sure one of them is me, tell me 10 listeners. Is this really worth it for you? Do you really enjoy listening to me? Am I really supplying you with any information that is useful to you? I don't know. So speaking of COVID and the lockdown and everything, Ontario is back in a stay-at-home order. We are only supposed to go out for essential items. This doesn't really change my life in any way because I really actually only go out for essential items. Anything else I need that is, you know, isn't necessarily essential like books and, you know, fun stuff, um, I'll order it online. And yeah, I know I've put too much money into Amazon, whatever. It's the devil, you know, I suppose. But I was, so when the lockdown happened, I'm pretty sure it's still happening, but I've kind of left um, a couple of Facebook mom groups because these groups are filled with people that are complaining that they're going into stores and they can't buy birthday cards. So I had one friend who posted on Facebook who I've since unfriended because I can't. I just, I can't anymore with this crap. So she posted that she had gone to Costco. Why are you going to Costco? What do you need at Costco that you can't get at a grocery store? What are you buying at Costco that you can't go to the Loblaws to actually pick up? Or an independent grocer or a small business grocer? Don't even get me started on that. So, and was taking pictures that, you know, these birthday cards couldn't be, couldn't be purchased. So having had, having been at my wits end, um, I just posted or made a comment under that particular picture and said, you know, you could make a card. I'm sure you have at home paper and pens and you could make a card or write a letter. Like if you have to buy if, if it's somebody's birthday or somebody's anniversary or whatever, you could buy or you could have at home a piece of paper or send an email, send a letter, pick up the phone and call somebody. But what I had actually said was, you know, I'm sure you have paper and pens at home that you could make a card. Not everybody has pens and paper, she said. Okay, Okay, that seems a little on the ridiculous side that no, there's somebody out there that doesn't have a paper and some pens. Okay, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that you don't, you, you have at home no paper. Okay, fine. So you could send an email. You could send an email to somebody to say, you know, I wanted to pick you up a card, but I couldn't. So I'm sending you this email with this poem that I wrote, um, thinking of you. I love you very much. I hope we can get together soon. You could pick up the phone and say, hey, you know what, friend, mother, sister, uncle, 
whatever, next door neighbor, um, it's your birthday, happy birthday to you. We've all managed, we've been at this for a year. We've been at this for over a year. We've come up with better, more creative ways than consumeratively to do stuff for people. We don't have to buy cards for people. We can actually pick up the phone and speak to somebody. Now I know this is sound, I know this is extremely rambly, but I think I'm at the point where the stupidity level of people that are holding on to this whole idea that their basic human values and human rights are being undermined by you know, not being able to go to Costco and buy a birthday card is really, I'm done. It's, it's, I'm done. I'm at a point now where my back is so up by it, I can't even anymore. So, and maybe, maybe now I will have less than 10 followers. I, if you're one of these people, I, I don't really care because I think right now we are looking at a situation where we have like 4,000 cases in Ontario a day, a day. Our ICUs are being overrun by sick people. And these sick people are getting younger and younger. These are our babies now that are being in there. And they may not be your babies because you've got little babies, but I have big babies. And these babies, my children, can actually get sick. My older son is an essential worker. He is working in a restaurant and trying to make money while going to school. And he's out there like four or five times a week now. These are our children now. These are not our old people who we didn't seem to give a crap about in the beginning of the pandemic. But these are now the people who we gave birth to our friends, our brothers, our sisters, our next door neighbors. These are our people. Why can we not suck it up for 28 days and stay the hell home and maybe put a dent in this goddamn pandemic? What is wrong with people? And now I just hear today that there's a rally downtown. I don't remember where, but there's a rally downtown from a group called Hugs before masks. Well, you're idiots right there. Wear a goddamn mask. I don't understand that particular side of things. But hugs before masks. And now some nurses have joined this group and are shouting about how um, draconian it is for us to be in lockdown and be forced to wear masks. Draconian? Are you fucking kidding me? This is ridiculous. If your main concern, if your only concern at this point is that you are being forced to wear a mask while you grocery shop, then seriously, you don't know what the hell your problems are. Because there are seriously real problems out there. There are people out there that are contracting and dying of COVID. And we're just like, but... This is why I left one of the moms groups because this one kind of sent me over the edge. There's a, but there's a 98% survival rate. I'm sorry, a 98%, 99.8 or something survival rate. Okay, well, we've been spouting that one since the beginning. 
Okay, and that particular uh, statistic doesn't actually exist anymore because now that we have all these variants, the, the death rate actually has increased by 60%. So it's no longer a 98% survival rate, okay? And also, what the hell? Just because you survive doesn't mean that you're well. Doesn't mean that you're well. There is, I've seen people in their 40s who have gotten COVID and are now permanently on oxygen because they cannot breathe. Their lungs are so damaged by COVID. They have to be on oxygen now for the rest of their lives, which means they're going to have a little bottle under their arm and tube up their nose to actually be able to go out into the world and breathe. My 78-year-old uncle has that. He, not from COVID, because he smoked for his entire life and he has COPD. So somebody who didn't smoke, who took care of themselves, who got infected and ended up in, in the ICU or in hospital now has to be on oxygen for the rest of their life. There are people out there who have survived COVID and are now needing to learn how to walk again. My mom's friend is in her 70s and is literally needing to learn how to walk again after she got COVID right in the very beginning and only just now can walk with a walker and actually go to the store with, with somebody else to go grocery shopping and feel like, she's, like she can actually do it. She's been in physiotherapy for a year and actually was bedridden for months and months after leaving the hospital and as a result ended up getting an infection again. Look, yeah, there's a survival rate, but is it a good survival? I mean, come on, people. Let's stop being so goddamn stupid about this crap. Let's start thinking about other people. Let's stop being so goddamn selfish about wanting to buy a goddamn birthday card. I can't anymore with any of this. And, and again, one of the reasons I, so I've left, there's one mom's group that I'm still a part of uh, on Facebook. And I don't know. I don't even know why I'm in it because I can't really contribute. They're like healthy moms. I'm not. I'm not all that healthy. <laughs> I just had a chocolate cookie for lunch. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm pretty much a fraud being a part of that group, but whatever, it is what it is. Um, let's see, what else have I got here? Oh, so we're on, my daughter is in high school. She is in, um, she's on spring break, um, which is now... April break, not March break. And she told me this afternoon that she was going to go out for a walk. They actually just left, which is the reason I could actually do this now. And I'm really trying to whip through this as fast as I can because um, my house always has kids in it. And um, they don't seem to understand the idea of when I say, I'm recording now. And they try and climb up the stairs that are, you know, 50 60 years old that creak just by looking at them um but they just went out for a walk with their dad so I'm gonna try and cram this in but just before that my daughter went out for a walk on her own 
And I realized as I was standing there in the kitchen, because this is my brain is like, okay, she's almost 17 years old and she's going out for a walk. It's broad daylight. It's like noon. It's broad daylight. There's people everywhere. Our neighborhood is actually very busy. Um, and she's really just going for that same walk that she would have gone on in the mornings to get onto the bus to go to school last year and the year before that and the year before that when she wasn't almost 17 years old. And all I'm thinking about is, but she's so young. She, what if she gets kidnapped? What if something happens? What if, what if, what if? And then that little part of sanity in my brain goes, but she's almost 17 years old. Like, think about it. When you were 17 years old, Kim, you were locking up a store in the mall at like 10 o'clock at night and walking out to a car in the parking lot by yourself. You were, you know, going out with your friends. You were, you know, doing all sorts of stuff that she's not doing. So why am I panicking when she's going out simply to go for a walk in the middle of the day in the bright sunshine in a busy neighborhood? Well, because when I look at her, she's still eight years old. I mean, I look at her and I have to keep reminding myself that she's almost 17, but she's always going to be that little kid, she's always going to be eight. She's always going to be six. She's always going to be four in my brain. And I'm doing her a disservice by thinking like that. And she's told me flat out that I have sort of instilled some terror in her. And I, and I don't, I don't fully regret doing that. Um, to be completely honest, um, I, have sort of, I mean, I watch a lot of, I listen to a lot of true crime <laughs> um, and whatnot. Uh, my favorite murder is sort of, you know, one of the few podcasts that I actually listen to. And it's, uh, I, I just, I fear every time she walks out the door. But I have to keep reminding myself that she's smart. And I have tried to instill in her a sense of um, not fear. I don't want, I don't want to insinuate that I've instilled fear in her, to her, but I have tried to instill caution in her, a sense of awareness in her surroundings, not being oblivious, not, you know, trying to get into, you know, situations where she would be unsafe, like dark alleys and in the middle of the night and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I don't necessarily regret that part, but I have certainly tried to make her more street smart, more street wise and more, you know, walk with confidence, I suppose. But I don't know, like, does it ever end where I'm not going to look at her and go, but you're only eight years old? Uh, I don't know, maybe. I mean, it took a lot for me to do that with the boys last year, um, last summer when the pandemic was sort of, you know, we were in sort of a lull of it. My son, was it last year? Yeah, it must have been. He was 18. 
He went for a weekend with his with his buddies and my brain was screaming, no, he can't go. They'll do stupid things. He'll get arrested. He'll somebody will die. I don't know. Those irrational mom thoughts. But he was fine and I let him go. And he said to me actually just about a month or so ago or a few weeks ago, you know, I'm really surprised you let me do that. And I said, well, how, I can't not, I can't not unleash them onto the world. I've done everything I can to make them good, smart, kind, courteous humans. All I can do is hope that what I've done and what I've instilled in them is stuck. So, yeah, look at your babies now. Look at your belly now with this human that's growing inside you and know one day you're going to have to let them go out there into the world all by themselves and it's going to suck and your heart will be in your throat the entire time. But if you have given them the sense of right and wrong, if you have instilled in them, you know, good human moral things then all we can do is hope that everything works out well. Because it did with us. We got here. We're here at this point in time. And given some of the crap that I've done in my life, I shouldn't be. Um, and if my daughter does some of the crap that I've done in my time, I will probably lose my mind. But again, my parents instilled in me the strength and confidence of who I am. And even though I lost it for a good little bit, I have gained it back now. And I do hope that I, again, have instilled that in my children. But we can't keep them locked up forever, right? So send them out there with some hand sanitizer and a mask and hope that they make good, good choices for themselves. I used to yell out the door to them, make good choices, honey. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. I remember I used to drop my, when I dropped my older son off at school, it didn't happen all the time, but occasionally I would drive him to school. And he was like grade nine, grade 10. And I would drop him off, roll the window down as he, when he got out of the car and I would yell out while he was standing in front of his high school with people standing around. And I yelled, make good choices, honey. And that was, and then I rolled up the window and drove away. And I'm pretty sure the first time I did it, he was completely mortified by the whole thing. But I did it anyways. <laughs> I did it again and again. And I'll be honest, I'm surprised he actually, you know, let me drive him to school at the second time. But whatever, I still did. But that's how, that's how I, you know, when you're nervous and scared and frightened by everything that you do, you make jokes, right? So, so there you go. Your babies are going to grow up. There's nothing you can do about it. And I know people are like, oh my God, you'll blink and they'll be, and they'll be older and you'll miss, you'll really miss this time when they're older. I'm sure you're not going to, you don't think that now because now is hard when they're little's they're hard. They're, they're 
fighting for independence and they're, you know, they're trying to be in control of something in their lives. And sometimes that's potty training and sometimes that's not eating particular food and whatever. It does get maybe a little easier for a bit of time and then it gets harder again. So do your best. Love them. That's all you can do. Love them and raise them to be good humans. All right. What else is on my list here? What am I doing? Oh, so this is why <laughs> this is why I think perhaps uh, my vaccine has been my vaccine shot has been canceled. I was asked. So I used to be a hypnobirthing instructor like a hundred years ago, and I was certified uh, by the Hypnobirthing Institute, the one that was created by Marie Mongan. And I, I really, actually, I really do uh, enjoy hypnobirthing. I think. Um, as a standalone uh, birth class, I don't think it's actually good. Um, I think as an add-on to another birthing class or prenatal class, like what I currently teach now, um, it's good. But as a standalone, I don't think it is. Because I think for those mostly people that are birthing in hospitals, it is, nah, it doesn't really, um, it's not really that good. Because it leaves so much out. It doesn't talk about cesarean birth. It doesn't really talk about interventions except in the, on the aspect that, you know, interventions are bad. And they're not always bad. And epidurals are bad. And they're not always bad. So I would say that um, hypnobirthing, uh, the Marie Mon or the Mongan method by Marie Mongan is, is a good book. And I recommend you read it. I think it's a good book. Yes, it wasn't on my was it on my list last week? I can't even remember. Um, but I think it's a good book. And so in my Saturday class, somebody had texted or messaged me afterwards, emailed me afterwards about hypnobirthing and if I still taught it. So I've decided to maybe put together a condensed version of the course that I used to teach, again, about a million years ago. I'm sure it has changed since, um, but the basic structure of it is still the same. So I've decided to go through my old notes, my old, my old training manual, my own course manual, and uh, sort of put together a sort of condensed version, because they do talk a lot about the same stuff that's in hypnobirthing in my prenatal class. So they don't need to have all that stuff again. So um, I'm going to sort of put that together for them and, and whatnot. And, and I'm like marginally excited about it. But as I'm reading through and going through the scripts and going through the, the basic flow of the class and all that stuff, like at the bottom of it, it's like, you know, copyrighted by federal, U.S. federal, um, I'm Canadian, and karmic law. So karmic law is this, and I started doing that yesterday and then in the morning. And then of course, last night is when, you know, the vaccine clinics were being shut down and closed because there wasn't, I'm like, oh my God, did I do this because I have tempted fate with karma? What the heck? Oh, well, what are you going to do? Anyways, I'm going to take that on. And yeah, as I say, it's not like, I did teach it. I've spent all my money. The reason I don't actually currently teach it and I'm not currently certified in it is because you had to recertify every single year. 
I didn't have the money for that and I didn't have the patience for that. The stuff you had to do to actually recertify was way more than if I had to act for when I recertified as being a labor doula or a childbirth educator and I only had to do that every three years. So what the heck, man? So I was like, yeah, no, I'm done. Plus, I couldn't really get people to take the class because they're like three, four hundred dollars. It's insane. Um, so needless to say, I'm definitely not charging that now. But I'm doing a hypnosis type birth class, I suppose, is what I'm doing. And hoping to God that karma doesn't kick me in the ass any more than it already has. So there you go. All right. So as I say, I don't know if this will be my final episode. We'll see how the week goes. I'm actually, uh, I'm kind of excited at the end of the, in a few days, I'm actually getting a new fridge because yes, it's the middle of a pandemic and I'm barely working and yeah, my fridge broke. Well, it works. Um, it still keeps things cold, but structurally it's falling apart. It's 20 years old and it is falling apart. So I opened the fridge door on Sunday and, um, one of the shelves on the door like broke and cracked and all the stuff fell out onto the floor. So that was fun. Um, and yeah, so I broke down and bought myself. It's not an expensive fridge. It's not fancy. Um, I don't have a lot of space in my kitchen. I have a 1950s size kitchen. So I got, uh, I got a little, a regular size fridge. Um, that's white. So it's not, stainless steel um because it stainless steel would look ridiculous in my kitchen um but yeah so I'm kind of excited about that now I gotta figure out what do I do with all the food that's in my fridge (laughs) I'm one of these people that doesn't clean their fridge out once a week though I probably should but now I will because I have a new fridge right so that's how it works I'm gonna throw everything out and start over um you almost you know you, you almost kind of like it when uh the power goes out for, you know, 12 hours or so and you lose everything in your fridge and then you can just gut it all and start over again. Um, but yeah, so we'll see how that goes. That's, that's the plan. So I'm kind of excited about Friday and I'm kind of excited about teaching a new class tonight. So I have a new series starting tonight and I'm trying to stay positive. So despite all the complaining, I am trying to stay positive I'm not controlling my food at the moment, but I am trying to control my mood, my outlook, the work that I put out. That's what I can control right now. So anyways, I hope this hasn't been too incredibly boring for you nine listeners. Um, And if anybody wants to tell me whether I should keep doing this, I'd be happy to hear about it on, uh, you can email me at birthandparentythings at gmail.com. You can hit me up on, uh, you can hit me up on Instagram at Toronto Doula Group. And uh, I am on Twitter, but really that's mostly just me ranting. So if this episode, if you enjoyed this episode in any way, uh, please feel free. Um, I just tweeted this morning. It's at Dula Kim is my Twitter handle. But this morning or this afternoon, I uh, after doing some work on this hypnobirthing course that I'm sort of putting together, I uh, went up and got onto the roof and started cleaning up my gutters 
because, you know, I'm 51 years old and I have three teenagers or 20 year old, 21 year old, a 19 year old and a 16 year old who are all basically on break right now. But yeah, let the 51 year old go up on the roof and clean out the gutters. So anyways, I did that. And then when I got back, I'm like, oh, so I didn't really walk a lot, but I did do a lot of work. So um, I'll check my points for Weight Watchers, my activity points. So I go in and they don't have, I mean, they have gardening actually as an activity that you can get points on, but they don't have yard work. They, gardening and yard work are two completely different things. They also don't have cleaning out your gutters, which again, that's a, that's a lot of work. And, but they do have horse grooming. You can get activity points for horse grooming, but you can't get activity points for cleaning out your gutter. So that feels super elitist. Um, So I tweeted that uh, earlier today. So we'll see. Anyways, I got privilege, privilege activity points on Weight Watchers. Jeez. Anyways, um, so I dropped an F-bomb a few minutes ago. I'm going to go back and uh, edit that out. And uh, maybe we'll see you next week. Let me know if I should continue to do this. As I say, this could be episode 10. Maybe that's it. Maybe it just stops at 10. But we'll see. Maybe I need to uh, come up with some better topics and try to be less scripty. I don't know. We'll see. You tell me. You tell me. What do you like? What do you want to hear about? I'm here for you. (laughs) Anyways, that's it. My kids will be home soon. So I got to go try and find some junk food to cram in my face before they, before my ex-husband shows up at my door with my kids. (laughs) Have a good one. Enjoy the pandemic. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Don't be an idiot.